0: Good day, dear Wiggly listener. We are broadcasting from Lower Blakemere, Herefordshire. I'm Heather from Wiggly Wigglers and I'm joined today by... Rach from Wiggly Wigglers. Nice to see you, Rach, on the Wiggly sofa and...
1: Farmer Phil.
0: Lovely. Farmer Phil, last year, Roberto tells me that you completed combining on the 17th of September. As usual, you started combining on your wife myself's birthday, the 25th of July. How's it going this year?
1: Challenging would be the word, but we're getting there. We're going to go and cut some more wet wheat in a minute.
0: Mm, wet wheat. This week's show we've got lots of wiggly adverts. I've been out recording for the local radio station because we want lots of local trade. So we're on Sunshine Radio with lots of wiggly adverts. So, whilst all your reviews say how wonderful it is that our product placement on this show is so subtle <laughs> that we never push ourselves down your beings. This week is different. So here we go. Here's the first Wiggly advert. They do get worse. Are you a passionate Tom or Barbara? Or perhaps more interested, Jerry or Margot? We aim to make the good life easy. Heather here, Wiggly Wigglers. Wiggle over to our website for a free copy of our brochure. When you place your first order, I'll send you a free copy of our latest wildlife gardening book. www.wigglywigglers.co.uk The good life made easy. Wigglywigglers.co.uk There we are, watching that one, right? (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) People will love it. (laughs) Wait till you get to the Christmas turkey one. Anyway, we've got Nicole coming in. She's going to demonstrate how easy or difficult it is to make a bird box on air today. Okay. Rach, you've got lots of new goat socks with you.
2: I have indeed. Nice new selection from the goat sock lady.
0: Rach is off to the Gambia and we're going to hear all about why you're going to the Gambia with Concern Universal. When you
1: Is, go? is she going to come back?
2: When you're going? Yes, I'm going to come back. I'm, I'm going to go on the yeah. 14th of September <laughs> and I'll be back on the 21st of September. God, that's now. Not long. I've had my jabs and everything, so I'm ready.
0: And Farmer Phil's going to talk to us today. Another exciting topic, it's slugs. But first, let's hear from the US iTunes that there's a new review.
1: Oh, We've got a a five-star for which, thank you very much, and it's entitled Humour and So Much More (laughs) by, well, I think that says newbie-doo. There is a nutty wackiness about this show that is sometimes baffling to my American ears. It's baffling to my ears as well, don't worry. But always delightful. And beyond the giggles, there is such rich information about gardening, farming, animals, worms. That is very gratifying. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much indeed, Newbie Doo. That's brilliant. Oh,
0: here comes Nicole. Nicole, welcome to the Weekly Sofa for the first time. Hello. Nicole is in, well,
3: Customer
0: care, customer care, taking the telephone orders, mm-hmm. and she's just come back from Lanzone, which is a very good company, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Tell us what you've implemented.
3: We have implemented an extra mile file, which is where if there's, say, a product that we don't have in stock or that we think is discontinued and probably won't be able to get, we can pop your details into the extra mile file and uh, just keep an eye on the product and see what we can do for you. Nice. Mm. We also now in the office see all the new products that are coming in, so that we've had a look at them, a sniff of them, like the Faith in Nature products, so that we know all about them and can give you a bit more advice on the phone.
0: Have you tried the chocolate shampoo? I
3: have indeed. That was the first one I was drawn to, for obvious reasons. It's really, really nice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is a great show for me, because this is just pure Wiggly advert. And on that note, we'll go to another Wiggly advert before we go to. Nicole is going to tell us about, you've been building a bird box. I have fantastic hello heather here again from wiggly wigglers whether you're a passionate tom or barbara or perhaps a little more hesitant jerry or Margot, we aim to make the good life easy do you know we just opened our first ever wiggly shop at labels outlet shopping lots of wiggly garden accessories and gifts for practical people lovely visit us at wigglywigglers.co.uk well, come to the Wiggly Shop at Labels Outlet Shopping, Junction 4, M50, on Y. The good life made easy. Lovely. Number three? What was number three? Number on
3: three. The, yes, let me see. Is uh, spot-checking the parcels over at the warehouse. So randomly, Rach, over at the warehouse, will open up a parcel that's been packed and ready to go. Just check that everything that's on the invoice is in the box and that it's all packed as it should be.
2: How's it going, Rach? It's just going very well, but... Well, I've discovered what I should be doing is a procedure list of how the parcels should be packed initially. Obviously, every parcel can't be packed exactly the same, but they need a procedure to stick to, and then the packing of the parcels will be perfect.
0: Have you stopped um, those dear women over at the warehouse packing big D-powders instead of small D-powders and small D-powders instead of big?
2: Yes, absolutely. We We simply fixed that by, instead of having them located together... At the warehouse, they've been given different locations. Oh, so, it so means they're not next to, to each, to... each no, other? No, so they have to go to a separate aisle for the different locations. <laughs>
0: Hello, Toast. Anyone who can hear panting, it's not Nicole, is it? No. It's Toast. Thank you, Toast. <laughs> Miss Nicole, you have been building one of our new products, which is a Mr and Mrs Birdie. Phil, describe Mr Birdie... As you see
1: it. It's great, isn't it? It's made out of a thin sheet of laminate, like plywood, which is folded round to form the body of it, and then it's just got top and bottom, basically. So it's real neat.
0: And it comes in an envelope. It's cool, isn't it? It's really cool. It goes through your letterbox. Your bird box goes through your letterbox.
1: Well, it's about, about half A3 long ways, isn't it? Yeah. And it's flat. I just so think it's quite...
0: great to get a product direct from the designer who's bothered to think about... How you can get it there as well as how you can do it uh, without it, having to have any scroopers.
3: Uh, and it's French.
0: It's French. Mm. So what's the difference between Mrs. Birdie and Mr. Birdie?
3: Okie dokie. Mrs. Birdie has a larger hole at the front and that's particularly suited for robins, wrens and pied wagtails. Mr. Birdie is particularly suited for most manner of garden tits. Mm.
0: Well, I was sent these two products to try out by... The designer himself, which is Etienne Esmond E-S-M-E-N-J-A-U-D. And he's French, and he's really, really pleased with these products. So I thought that I would send one of <laughs> our experts at Flatpak mm-hmm. home to see if she could build it. And last evening, Miss Nicole, I understand that that's exactly what you did. It is, me.
3: absolutely. It was so easy, I did it whilst cooking tea. Really? Yeah, absolutely.
0: How how do you do it? Because it said complicated things, I thought, like soaking the wood.
3: Yeah, you just soak the main body, uh, which is the longest bit that comes in the box. Um, I just soaked it in the bath for five, ten minutes whilst I was doing other things. You do need to soak it. That's quite important because you have to bend it round and kind of slide one side down and the other side up so that it connects together at the back. So you sort of twist it Mm -hmm. and then connect it. You do. So it does need to be wet because I think the wood... It kind of softens it and makes it more malleable. Yeah. And then there are a couple of pieces that go in, one at the top, one at the bottom. Uh, they do say on them, top and bottom, which made it much simpler for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have some little clip pieces that go at the back, which are pre-cut for you and slip on. Dead easy. So what
0: other items have you built before in the world of flat pack? I'm assuming IKEA has... Featured in this at some point. Indeed,
3: absolutely. Yeah. Also Argos as well. Yeah, Argos, another lucky. plug there. Yeah. Well,
1: are, you, are you like Rachel who does this but then usually has bits left over and accuses them of packing too many pieces <laughs> in the flat pack?
2: It's not, not of it's the not farmer, They're yeah. all
1: machines, washing machines, flat pack, and so <laughs> That's on. That's when
0: she takes them well, to bits. come yeah. with spare bits <laughs> that are
1: not required, they're completely superfluous. <laughs> so
0: they what other items have you built from flat pack?
3: I have built a chest of drawers really, and two wardrobes, all of which I'd like to say are still standing. That's impressive. So as our most
0: experienced flat pack builder
3: (laughs) of product,
0: how would you rate this compared to, say, Argus and Ikea?
3: I would say this is the easiest thing I've put together.
0: Good Lord. I, I have a
3: question. How do you fix it to the tree? You fix it to the tree one of two ways. eh? You have either some lovely long cable ties, which slot through holes that are pre-cut at the back, then you cable tie it to whatever you're tying it to, Or you can use, according to the instructions, you can use nails through those pre-cut holes to attach it to. But
1: best not to nail it to a tree.
3: I think it's really cool though
0: because it's the first product that I've seen that people like me really don't have to use a screwdriver. We don't have to do anything like. I think it's a really sweet little thing. So well done, Etienne. We'll be taking that product on. You'll probably see it in the next weekly catalogue. And here's another advert. It's the perfect time of year to start composting. You can get rid of your waste and you can end up with free compost for life. We've got lots of Wiggly experts on hand to help you. Wiggle over to our website www.wigglywigglers.co.uk Get a free catalogue and when you place your first order we'll send you a free book worth £18. www.wigglywigglers.co.uk For the good life made easy. There we are. Thank you, Nicole, very much for coming in. Thank you. And I hope you have a really good day. And I look forward to seeing you at Abergavenny Food Festival. Yeah, absolutely. Where you are on the stand, because you loved hay, didn't you? Yeah,
3: I did, yeah. It was great fun.
0: Meeting those customers. Yeah,
3: brilliant. see people face-to-face was really good.
0: Talking wiggliness.
3: Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have fun.
3: You too. Bye.
0: So, dear listener, you may remember a few months ago we had three Gambian farmers round the wiggly table talking about Concern Universal and how their lives had changed because of a project called Gig. Gambia is good. And that was funded by some Herefordshire farmers who came up with the idea that the important thing about farming in Gambia was to try and make sure that the farmers were sustainable and were able to provide food to the hotels that were bringing in all the Western folks, because at that point in time, the hotels were buying in all their fresh produce, like tomatoes and cauliflowers, from Europe, whilst the farmers just down the road were producing crops that were not suitable for them and that they could make a difference. And so... That's what they did, and the amazing thing is, they've set up a distribution network to collect, contract the farmers to produce the crops and deliver it direct into the hotel using a chiller. Now, we thought this was amazing, didn't we? I mm. found mm. fantastic to make a difference somewhere else so easily. And so, Rach, you're off
2: to have a look. Well, it's a bit of a personal development trip, is it? No? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's nice, an, <laughs> yeah. Adventure. an
0: adventure. You're going to develop
1: Rach. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah, a all. little
2: bit. <laughs>
0: but they've got really good relationships with lots of farmers, which is what we sort of do. Yeah, and they've kind of got it set up really well, and so you're going there. To find out. I am,
2: yeah. I've, I've been given the um, programme of events for the week that I'm going and it appears I'm going to some really great places to meet up with the farmers to um, look at how they distribute their products and how they deal with suppliers and how it all links together so well for them and see if I can learn anything to bring it back here. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how things happen out there.
0: And hopefully you'll find something that inspires us to be able to share a bit of what we do with them too. And
2: yeah. I mean, there's one area that I'm really interested in at the moment, which is on the Thursday, the 16th, I go to see some beekeeping. And as bees are suffering at the moment, I think that's quite an interesting one. I'm looking forward to going there, but I'm also going to see a bakery project as well. So
0: Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, And yeah. I presume you're staying yeah. in a very posh hotel all the time?
2: No. No. <laughs> no. Is it? No, no, it, it will be slumming. it slightly. okay.
0: <laughs> Glad to hear it. We yeah. don't want any ex- yeah. excessive expenses. Would that no, be no.
1: the reason that Rach is going and not you, dear?
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You will continue lunching, Hev. <laughs> <coughs> Right, moving yeah. on. So, no, it's, this looks like a fantastic programme of events. I'm hoping to take your podcast equipment with me to record a few happenings out there. And so hopefully in the next few weeks or so, you'll hear little snippets from the Gambia.
0: Excellent. So really, the way that it is, is they're doing something pretty similar to what we're doing, in that they're buying from farmers and oh. selling to individuals, and it would be interesting to see
2: how you get on. Oh, great. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. The challenges that they have are far more than what we have. Yeah, hopefully yeah, you'll get hopefully good at are. some of them. <laughs> hopefully I'll be OK at something I do. <laughs>
0: wonder if they spot-check the parcels. I'll ask okay. I'll let you know about I know. that one. Farmer Phil, you're talking about slugs.
1: Well, it's the time of year for slugs, isn't it? And also, both in the garden and in the, on the farm, the succession of wet years has really favoured slugs. And despite the cold winter, which we thought might knacker a few of them, they seem to do very well. Some of you will have noticed that the issue of slug bait has come up in the news quite a lot over the last couple of years with contamination of watercourses with the active ingredient. Which and, is? Well, there's several, but the one that's causing the problem is one called metaldehyde, which was the commonest used one. And it's also the cheapest one. You might remember that we did a podcast, uh, Ricardo and I were arguing about it, slug bait and the different chemicals. Metaldehyde and methiocarb are the two active ingredients, but it was podcast 212. The mm-hmm. issue is that metaldehyde as a chemical isn't actually terribly harmful, but to comply with European drinking water regulations, it costs an absolute fortune to get below the limit that's stated. And the only way of doing it is to actually blend clean water with contaminated water. And so it's a big issue for the water companies.
0: But I don't want to drink anything Absolutely with slug bait in it. And
1: we're only talking about microscopic levels, you know, a few parts per million, but they have to comply with that to be allowed to sell you and me the water. But the issue for the farmer is that if he's buying chemical which then ends up in the watercourse, then it's not ending up in the slug, so that's equally a waste of time and money from his point of view. And so we've been thinking about how we use slug bait and when we use it in the year and what we know about it. Normally, we plant most of our crops in the autumn and they're slow growing in the sort of cool of the late autumn, which is when the slugs get at them. So we put slug bait on, but in this country, that also tends to be the wettest time of year that you know, once we get into November, December, it rains and the chemical washes off into the drains. No good at all. But what we've noticed is that... In crops following potatoes, and potatoes have slug bait put on in the summer when it's dry because you don't want slug holes in your potatoes, and they get a very good kill of slugs. For the following two years, three years, and sometimes four years, we can see the effect of that one season's dose of slug bait on the potatoes. And so what I'm thinking is we're actually not treating the field in the right time. We ought to treat the field In the previous crop, in the summer, so there's no leaching into the river, that presumably means we can use less slug bait because more of it's going to go to the slug. And if we get a good kill because it's in the summer, then we won't need to use it for perhaps a couple of years.
0: But how can you possibly do that? Because the crop will be too high.
1: Well, if we're going through, we're talking about the possibility of putting the slug bait on in the June or July in the preceding crop. Now, we can put it on when we're putting on a fungicide on a crop of wheat we can put the slug bait on with a broadcaster on the same tractor. So there's no special trip through. It's really whether the theory that by attacking the slugs in one summer actually works well enough to then need we don't have to worry about them for a couple of years. So potentially it would mean that we could use less slug bait and we could virtually eliminate leaching into the rivers. But at the moment I'm trying to persuade the research people to actually test the theory because it's quite difficult to measure Mm. how it works. You have to dig the ground up and count the slugs, which is not easy. But the same issues apply in the garden. If you have a a good kill of slugs with something like nema slug or slug bait, depending on how you want to do it, the effect can last quite a long time. So if you break their life cycle, which is about three weeks from hatching to a breedable slug, so you Mm. want a six-week break in the life cycle, you can really slow them up.
0: Because that's interesting, because, of course, all of us that are out in the garden think about killing the slugs when the slugs are there.
1: That's right. Mm. If you can remove the life cycle and get the eggs that are in the soil to hatch and remove them, so it's effectively two life cycles, then it takes them quite a long time to recolonize it then. So the jury's out, but it's my current theory... And I'm trying to persuade people to investigate it before they ban the chemical, because it's in, the worst thing will be, through our incorrect usage of it, they'll ban the chemical, not unreasonably, which will then lose us the opportunity of actually looking at how to use it differently and more effectively.
0: Got ya. Now, for those of you that have listened to the Wiggly podcast before, you may remember that PharmaPhil planted 630,000 sunflower seeds and they were eaten. They were by slugs. slugs. This is really bad news for Wigglers because we harvested somewhere between 700 and 900 pounds worth of sunflowers for beautiful sunflower boxes. And this year, so far, we've been able to buy off you, Farmer Field, a grand total of uh, none. So, what we want to know is are yours? Ready now, because the dear listener may want some lower Blakemere sunflowers.
1: I'm very pleased to report that they are now coming into flower, better (laughs) late than (laughs) never, so that from a cut flower point of view, they will be absolutely just the jolly job for that late summer sunshine. Lovely. My only concern now is that the weather's got to stay warm enough for the bees and other insects to pollinate them in order to end up with any seeds. If it goes cold too quick now we may look a bit embarrassed because they won't be pollinated and we won't get any seeds. Yeah, I don't think the time of year is a critical thing. Two years ago we had a dire crop because it rained so much they weren't pollinated. Hopefully if we can have a spell of reasonably settled weather, not too cold now, then we, we might get away with it. But combining on New Year's Day may look, may look early this year.
0: <laughs> here we go to another Wiggly advert. Heather here from Wiggly Wigglers. Listen, Farmer Phil got up extra early today because he's worried about your tits. When temperatures drop, garden birds need extra help. Wiggle over to our website for British bird seeds and feeds. www.wigglywigglers.co.uk Farmer Phil will get your order to you within 24 hours. The good life made easy. www.wigglywigglers.co.uk And here is my outtake about the last advert that you've just listened to. Heather here, Wiggly Wigglers. Farmer Phil got up extra early today because he was worried about your tits. <laughs> when temperatures. <laughs> t- <laughs> oh, <there we> <laughs> right, Rach, it's
2: time for goat
0: sop trial. Here we go. Oh, really? We've got a new colour of goat sop, future yeah. pink. But it's topless socks.
2: Topless they are indeed. Many people have circulatory problems and so these help in that area, I do believe. So
0: they haven't got a band that sort of goes around your leg at the top. So they sort of stay up by holding your leg... Gradually, so they're sort of like a stocking, aren't they? They've got a
1: long band, haven't they? The the band is now right down to your ankle. For
0: those of you that don't know what goat socks are, they are, in fact, mohair socks, but we call them goat socks. They're not actually socks for goats, they're socks for me and you that are made from goat hair and goat yep. hair means your feet don't smell yep. for days. Well, I've got it on
2: now. The hair is actually hollow, that is uh, what, that's what it is. Uh, is they're not hollow? perfect so for yep. me,
1: they're better ones yep. for me because the other ones either were too long or too short but they're just, yeah. a, just a ticket there. Yeah. Are. Well
2: in fact we had a customer who ordered 15 pairs of green long goat socks. She thought they were absolutely fantastic, our goat socks. Ordered them in specially for her. So the day I got them in, just about to send them to her, and she phoned up and said, can I change them to blue? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no problem at all. Can I ask why you suddenly want them in blue? And she said it's because her son is in the RNLI down in Cornwall and she wanted to put a pair in each of their boots. For the the lifeboat crew.
0: Wow, Rose, yeah. that is so yeah.
2: cool. And, she, and uh, she has bought many pairs in the past, and there is a particular fisherman down there, although she didn't give me his name, who swears by them now. He won't wear anything else.
0: Yeah, well, we yeah. gave a pair to Simon King, yeah. who is a coach. I'm not sure he coached He's, I think, business or something. And he put his on and left them on for five days, plain goat socks, and he has emailed me to say that honestly his feet don't smell. His wife <laughs> says his feet don't smell. He's a complete convert. And yesterday I tested goat socks, so I thought, is it really true? And I've got one cold foot and one hot foot, so I put this goat sock on the cold foot, and, you know, it's warmed up a treat, absolute yeah. treat. Do you know if you don't want to buy your goat socks off us, you know Selena Scott off the telly? Oh, yes. The one that moans about being so. old yes or well, you know the, the BBC is ageist she makes goat socks but of course you don't mm. want to buy hers you want to buy ours but yeah.
2: isn't that amazing it's that me. she's
0: gone and made goat socks Selina Scott well done Selina
2: you try all the cosy top yes or, or as in topless that we're calling them I've got enormous carbs <laughs> excellent good farmer's wife and that. they're fine <laughs> <laughs> farmer's <laughs> wives often do yes I
0: modelled mine on Kevin Keegan good yes. lovely OK, here we go for the last weekly advert, which is the Christmas ad. Ho, ho, ho. It's Heather here again at Wiggly Wigglers. Whether your bau ball are going to be glittery this Christmas or whether you are going to have a bit more of a traditional country Christmas like us, I hope you have a lovely time. Funnily enough, I was just stuffing the turkey and I thought of you. Merry Wiggly Christmas from me and all the team. The good life made easy at Christmas time. Do you like that? I thought of you when I was stuffing the turkey.
2: Marvellous, (laughs) marvellous. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) Anyway, rich and new gloves. New gloves. Beautiful new gloves. We have a selection of three colours. They are made from pure Shetland lambswool. So they're absolutely lovely. We find them better than the goat's gloves we had because the fingers aren't so long on them. Yeah, because they fit beautifully.
0: goat hair means that the hole in the knitting goes oval instead of round. And that means that everything gets elongated. Oh. There we are. That's Farmer great. Farmer Phil, what about the piggies?
1: All very bad piggies. We have
0: two Berkshire pigs, which will be ready for Christmas
1: lunch. They should be. I am now fully understanding of, and possibly under certain circumstances, in favour of intensive pig production inside. (laughs) I now completely understand what it's about. Despite my best efforts and about three lorry loads of pallets, bedsteads, gates and whatever else, I cannot keep the little varmints in the field.
0: Everyone now is taking the piggies for a walk. Last night, we saw Russell go by, Farmerville's <laughs> new assistant, with the piggies. The other day it was Kevin. On Saturday, a chap called in the farm and said, please, your pigs are out on the road, and Noel and I had to... And pigs do not herd. They will not go... But actually,
1: I have, I have Where you want them to say, because the guilty party, their brother and sister, There's one castrated boar and one gilt. And it is the boy pig who is the problem. He has no respect for anything. And last night I did, reasonably firmly, but not excessively so, apply the toe of my boot to his ample behind. (laughs) And apart from the squeal that he let out, they do now (laughs) herd. Oh,
0: really? (laughs) Their favourite food is obviously all the dried prunes and stuff, but I've also found that if you give them a marrow, (laughs) they they roll it round and round the field in front of them. It's (laughs) fantastic. And they wind the cows up all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, they wind the cows up. Yeah, they they did wind
2: me up the day they got in our shed and started in the birdseed. Really? Did yes, they, Yes, they did indeed. Yeah.
0: They wound me up yeah, very it well. It's probably then.
1: your fault because you hmm. left the door open. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Lastly, we've heard about a terrible accident with a hay bale running down a field in Devon and ending up on top of a van. And the van driver happened to be the cellist from ELO years ago, Electric Light Orchestra, and killed him. I'm really sorry about that, but what I wanted to ask was how could this possibly be right? I mean, bales are round, so isn't this li- doesn't this happen all the time and how can you possibly avoid it? We
1: don't know the whole details. but No, we I can't
0: f- talk about that case I specifically. I feel very,
1: very sorry for the baler driver because round bales on sloping fields, the obvious is possible. Normally, we try and avoid that sort of thing happening by kicking the bale out across the slope. So so you
0: drive the baler across the slope. So you just
1: reverse the baler across the slope and kick the bale out. Oh, so
0: you go up and down?
1: Usually, yes. It depends how steep the field is. But there are several things that can happen. You can have a bale that will sit there for perhaps ten minutes, and then you'll have gone somewhere else, and then it'll decide it's going to roll off. The other issue, which I think is probably where bad luck has played a huge part, is if they do roll off, they'll roll at a fairly moderate pace and the hedge at the bottom, they'll just roll into it, no damage done to anything. Now it sounds as if this one got going quicker and rolled over or bounced over the hedge and then there was a drop down onto the road and the unfortunate chap collected the bale in mid-air which is, you know, if you hit something fairly solid at 50 miles an hour disaster has ensued. But It it will be very unlikely, I suspect, to be tangible negligence on the part of the tractor driver, but he probably will get the book thrown at him, and I feel quite sorry for him on that, and it is a reminder to us to be very careful. Why do
0: we just have square bales? Because it must be obvious that round bales are going to roll.
1: It is. The the, the issue is that the baler to make round bales is very much cheaper than a square baler, and therefore it suits small farms. And of course, basically. it
0: makes most fields aren't going to be steep onto a road. I suppose.
1: Well, uh, you know. Well, there it, is
0: ways of avoiding. A small
1: avoiding baler, it. A, a round baler, is quite light. It suits baling in more difficult fields. You know, small livestock farms. It's the perfect device.
0: But how can it be perfect? Because my dad used to use tiny bales, and then you could pick them up.
1: And- Once you've made a round bale, it can rain on it, and it's reasonably weatherproof. You can clear the field in a fraction of the time it takes you to go and haul little small bales, and you can bale the field much quicker, because it will actually form the bales quicker. And obviously nowadays we've got the advent of silage, you can wrap them up and make silage in the bales. It's a very economical way of doing it, particularly for the smaller farmers, and in this case a tragedy has struck. And I'm not in a position to say whose fault it was or what blame it was, but as a farmer, the onus is on us to be well reminded to be careful not to allow yeah. bales to get into that situation.
0: Oh, right, so you've got a machine that you feed the cows by slurting hmm. out the bale. Yeah,
2: you just drop the round bale into the machine, and the chain bed pushes the bale along, and then it blows it out through a spout straight into the feeder. If you've got a silage bale in there, or if you've got a straw bale in there, it blows it straight out into the shed where the cattle are and puts the bedding down.
0: Automatic bedding and yeah. feeding.
2: Yeah, perfect. Why have you got one of those, Farmer Phil? Because I see you pushing mm. it
0: around, going puffing oh, so and puffing.
2: So much easier than pushing it around. Well,
1: I costed the cost of one of those, and I costed the fact that with cows and calves, particularly I wanted to go in the yard and check with calves, notably, and our buildings don't necessarily lend them to it, and I came to the conclusion that it takes Rob or I about an hour and a half to litter six yards by hand, and that doesn't pay the interest on the money of the machine.
2: How much was the machine, mate? I think it was about four or five thousand.
1: And they wear out?
2: Yes, but.
1: I haven't worn out a pitchfork yet. <laughs>
2: Yes, but when you've had your bales out in the field and you haven't collected them in straight away and they have got a little bit of wet, inevitably the outer part of the bale gets a little bit compacted. And so when you're rolling it out, you end up wasting quite a bit of that because it's so difficult to pitchfork out as you call it and you end up wasting that bit whereas when you put it in your machine and you're blowing it out it automatically breaks it and throws it out in into the cattle. I think he's, he's much accusing quicker. you of being
0: a lazy farmer yeah, and that how he one can one, do that <laughs> when he used to drive his car 100 yeah. yards to the farm I don't know. I would Absolutely. qualify that
1: by saying yeah. that the advent of mechanical bedders hmm. when you're dealing with fattening cattle so big young cattle it's actually quite dangerous to take a round bale in there because they will attack it. Oh, yes, I'll definitely agree with that. the, the, (laughs) the, The real reason for mechanical bedding was for store cattle, for fattening cattle. Since we haven't got any of those, we didn't have that reason, and we have to be in the yards anyway with the cows and calves, so it just didn't suit our system.
0: Thank you very much. We are at Abergavenny Food Festival this coming weekend. And so we'd love for you to come and see us there. We've got a full Wiggly team on parade. We've got Ricardo, myself, we've got San, and we've got Nicole at all different times of the day. And Rachel, you're not coming because you will be in... The Gambia. woo Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like more information about Wiggly Wigglers, go to www.wigglywigglers.com wigglywigglers.co.uk If you want more info on the farm try following Farmer Phil on Twitter
1: at Farmer Phil with no E.
0: If you want to ask Rach about her adventure you can email her
2: Rach at wigglywigglers.co.uk
0: Come to our Facebook group. At the moment, it is full of worm stories. Everyone's talking about worms and how you set off with worms and how you continue to work with worms and all about it. So that's Facebook and then search on Wiggly Wigglers. And if you want me, I'm on Twitter at Wiggled. And my email is heather at wigglywigglers.co.uk Hopefully you'll tune in next week. Thank you very much. Goodbye from the Wiggly Podcast.
2: Bye-bye. Bye from me. Bye.
0: to YouTube and have a look at our video on maintaining a wormery. Unfortunately, there's a person who's put on there. I cannot stand that woman. She drives me round the bend. And I thought, who are they referring to? And I realised, it's me. <laughs> no. I was a bit oh. yeah, heartbroken and blame yeah. me, really. I thought, there's oh. no need for that, is there? No, absolutely. Now, Michael has put his hand up. Yes, Michael?
1: You'd be amazed how many of those Heather is annoying things I've taken off our YouTube
0: Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a constant battle. I mean, it's just this one bloke, possibly. It can't be more annoying <laughs> in the whole world.
0: <laughs> Why have you taken them off? Because I must be annoying.
1: But you think they're all posted by one bloke? I don't know who they're posted by. No, I've taken
3: two or three off in the past. And I think if they can't say anything, I sod off them. <laughs> 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 oh, I love his
1: attitude. Sod off. <laughs> what I like.
0: thing is, it would be worse to be bland. Well, I, I
1: got notified of it a couple of days ago and I was going to take it off, but now you've mentioned it, do you want me to leave it? Up? Yeah.
0: I'm very happy to be annoying. I think annoying is fine. Yeah.